Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current study, Kingdom Minded. God wants us to remember that His kingdom and its values are not just things we pick and choose. Instead, God wants us to invest all our life in the one thing that will last forever, His kingdom. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Well, good morning again, Valley Brook. Today is a special day because we have uh, my good friend and uh, our guest, uh, Pastor Paul Daddy. He's going to be our guest speaker. He's the pastor of Graceland Church in South Windsor. So give him a warm Valley Brook welcome as he comes to share God's message. Thank you. Hello, Valley Brook. It's always a pleasure uh, to be able to come here again. This is like second home uh, to me. Amen? Amen. All right. I know um, Patrick prayed, but it's, it's second nature to pastors to say a prayer before. <laughs> so if you will indulge me, let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And use these words, Lord, to edify your church, build us up. And at the end of the day, may only Christ be glorified, and may we become more Christ-like. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Kingdom-minded, investing in what lasts. Um, I wrestled with altering the uh, topic, but I decided to stick with it because it tells you everything you need to know. Ironically, when you speak about kingdom, I think we who live in America don't fully grasp that, right? Um, and and it, it's no fault of ours. You know, we have a different system. If you go to England, as you've, you've heard in the news by now, everything centers around the queen. It's a different system that they have. But while I was pondering on this message, I believe God hit me in the head and said, hey, even in England, they don't understand it fully well. And I'm like, "Mm, if they don't understand it, who understands it? And get this, in England, the queen, as powerful as she is, is ceremonial. And sometimes we can make God ceremonial. You know, God is that guy who you're mindful of on Sunday. But maybe on Monday, you can keep him in the car seat. For those of us who have kids, you know, put a DVD on and forget about him until you reach your destination. And I believe that this message calls us to recalibrate our minds and get into what being a kingdom-minded person requires or entails. I chose a very peculiar text um, from Luke chapter 16, 19 to 31. Rather long, but um, if you can indulge me, let's go. It's a popular one, the rich man and Lazarus. Luke 16, 19 to 31, and it reads, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate 
was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides, besides all this, sorry, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone across over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also come to the place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Amen. One of the things we need to understand about parables is that when you ever you hear a parable or a story in the Bible, for that matter, do yourself a favor and consider that parable first and foremost a mirror through which you see yourself. Secondly, you can also use this same parable as a window through which you can see others. But the primary thing is to see yourself in that parable. Usually when people hear this parable, one of the first things they think about, I'm not rich. But can I say to you, if you, if you sitting here under the sound of my voice with Wi-Fi, with, with temperature-controlled room, you are rich. Hello? You are rich. And besides that, anything you have abundance in, in that area, you are rich. Hello? You know, I struggle with my kids when I tell my kids I'm hairy. They, don't, they only see this part. They never see this part. Right? So I'm rich in hair. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> okay, that's just by the way. So in this parable, I want us to take a look at this rich man and his mindset and this poor man and what happened to him in the whole context of what is a kingdom-minded Christian supposed to live like uh, and look like. So first and foremost, this parable here is also about responsibility. It's also about responsibility. It's also about charity. It's also about posterity. And we're going to see um, um, all these angles coming into the parable. But more importantly, it's about eternity. It's about eternity. 
All right. I followed the first part that uh, Pastor Clark preached. You know, whether or not I'm preaching here, I follow your sermons, and, and you're going to hear some of the phrases, so be ready. Closing questions from part one. Are you ready? How can I love God with all that I am? How can I love others like myself? And what has God blessed me with that I can invest into the kingdom? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think if this man, this rich man, ever encountered these three questions on a billboard, his life could have been different? Think about it. How can I love God with all that I am? How can I love others like myself? What has God blessed me with that I can invest into his kingdom? Now, many people find it very easy to love God. But usually it's God's children that they have a problem with. And if you look to your left or right, you see at least one child of God. Hopefully they are not the kind that they are difficult to love, right? But that's the, that's the challenge. And that's why I love, um, I don't know if it's the mantra of Valleybrook, love God, love people. Many people want to do this one, like love God. I mean, God is perfect. It's easy to love God who is perfect. But some of his children, hello. <laughs> they, they really work you the patience button, right? All right, so a few things I want you to know. Number one, in a kingdom, there's nothing like ownership. There's only stewardship. I know your name is on a title deed. Hopefully you finish paying for it, you know, the way the American system works. You're still paying for it, but your name is on it. It means you're responsible. It doesn't mean you own it. In God's eyes, everything you lay claim to, you're a steward. I'm a steward of my time. I'm a steward of my gift. I'm a steward of every treasure, every talent, and my time. I'm a steward of it. And it's something that this man did not seem to live like. Actually, he was so entitled that even when he died, he was asking if if Lazarus could be somebody who he could send back and forth. Think of that mindset. Isn't that interesting? Even in death, he, he had some entitlement. A, 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 a kingdom-minded Christian is the one who knows that everything I have, even if I think I'm in control of it, I'm still a steward. When you wake up in the morning, you have the rest of your day to yourself. You can decide to do anything with that day. But guess what? You are a steward. I have heard that if you buy land in England as a foreigner, even if you finish paying for the land, it still belongs to the queen. So sometimes they can lease it to you for 300 years. It will be in your family, but guess who owns it? The queen. I know it's hard. But that's the mindset. Everything you own, everything you have, everything in your possession has to be for God. That's the mindset of a kingdom-minded person. I am a steward of my time. I'm a steward of my gift. I'm a steward of every treasure that God allows me to enjoy. The next thing that in a kingdom, God's purpose supersedes my penchant for democracy, right? Now, we love democracy for what it does for us. But we cannot bring that mindset to God. You don't vote God into power. In England, they might vote for the prime minister, but the queen uh, uh, supervises all of them. 
in the kingdom of God, I have to understand. You know, and, and you know, the Bible is not um, dull to our senses because Jesus is our example, right? And when Jesus Christ was about to be um, crucified, when he prayed in the garden, he made one of the most um, poignant Christian gestures you can ever um, think about. God does not suppress your, your, your choices, but he willingly calls on you to also willingly lay down your choice down and trust his choice. So Jesus says, God, the Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. In the kingdom of God, God is interested when we put our votes aside and choose that his way is the better way. That's what God wants in the kingdom of God. So in the kingdom of God, God is not going to arrest your decisions. But how, how beautiful is, it is when knowing that you have a free will, you set that will aside and say, God, what would you have me do? And for a rich man, that is difficult. And I know before you think of Forbes magazine, think of yourself. Some of us have, are hitting the Forbes list in certain areas of our lives. Some of us have skill that will put us in a Forbes list if there were a Forbes list for that skill. So whatever you are rich in, whatever you have abundance in, God is interested in how you use that abundance. The Bible did not criticize this man for his riches. I mean, it is a story that Jesus made up, right? But there's nothing to criticize his riches. But there is something to be questioned about how he used those riches. There's something to be questioned about that. In the kingdom, we have all things in common. In the kingdom, we have all things in common. Think about it this way. The church is regularly referred to in the Bible as a couple of things. Things like the body. Things like a building or a vineyard. Now, this building, as, as strong as it is, if there is a hole in a window, the total structural integrity of this building is compromised. Not because the foundation is shaky, but because there's a little hole in the window. The same thing is like it's with the body. My, my joy cannot be full when my brother is suffering. My joy is not full when a part of my body is aching. Now, I, it doesn't matter how good a haircut you get. If, there's, if your toenail hurts, you don't sleep well. Right? Or if you get a great pedicure or manicure and, and you have a toothache, does the, does the manicure cover the toothache? No, it doesn't. So in a body, we seek the total welfare of everyone before we consider ourselves to be doing well. And we saw that absent in this man. So his, his treasure did not go to the benefit of someone to the point where the Bible says that this man would have rather eaten with his dogs, but even that he was missing it. So think about it. Which part of your abundance, which part of your treasure can alleviate somebody's pain, somebody's loss? What is somebody missing out in the kingdom 
that you have an abundance of. Think about it. This, this man could also be seen as somebody who is not in our inner circles, and it could represent someone who is not saved. How often do we see neighbors and friends and co-workers who have no affiliation whatsoever to the gospel? And we've never had an uh, opportunity to share the gospel. We see kids come and knock on the door and say, hey, would you like to sponsor my basketball team? That's what they're believing at that time. How about you knock on somebody's door? Not for sponsorship, but maybe with some big goods. That is, if that's your abundance skill, right? Don't, don't, don't bake because Pastor Paul said that's the example if you're not a baker, amen? We don't, we don't want them to go to the pharmacy. We, <laughs> all right. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Now in this, in this uh, man's um, story, probably Lazarus was one of these little ones. Why? Because he didn't matter. He wasn't somebody prominent in society. He wasn't somebody who you think about or look at twice. But Jesus teaches us a principle here. When we do it in his name, because of him, there is a reward. Now think about it. One thing that rich people like to do is to what? Invest. And in the kingdom of God, whatever we invest will yield dividends. Actually, Jesus put it this way. He says, no one who will leave family, who will leave homes, and leave all that they hold dear to them and follows me for my sake will miss their reward here on earth and in the life to come. That's the surest investment I can tell you about. It's not Wall Street. It's Heaven Street. Amen? In the kingdom of God, God, listen, there are people in England who were giving knighthood, not because they were English, but because they did something that the queen approved of. That's an earthly queen. Can you imagine the king of kings and what we can do to bring honor to his name. And wouldn't he reward? Is any government more faithful than our God? Not that I know of. If our actions or inactions on earth have immediate and eternal consequences, then the depth of our actions and inactions will be weighed for their eternal significance and not just their earthly relevance. So this man, the Bible doesn't tell us his name, or Jesus didn't bother to give him a name in the parable. But we know what he's wearing. He's wearing all the things that many of us like to wear, purple clothes, nice, whatever the situation was. But guess one book that his name was missing in. His name was on top of the Forbes list, right? He was known in the community, but his name was not mentioned in heaven. In the kingdom's book, his name was missing. 
which tells us that sometimes we can major in every sector of life and be missing in the most prominent part of life. His name was missing. And yet Lazarus missed out on all that seemed to be, to be trending in his world. But look at the place that was reserved for him. Abraham's bosom. Now, if you're sitting next to the father of faith, you must be a child of faith. So sometimes it's not where we sit in society, but who we represent in society. Sometimes it's not what we are dressed in or what our address is, but how God addresses us. I can live on Park Avenue but have no parking spot in heaven. I could live on, uh, on, on Hollywood Boulevard and be known by everyone, but be a stranger to the corridors of heaven. A kingdom-minded person is the person who appreciates every gift God gives them, holds them close to his heart, but is also sensitive to let them go if God requires of it. Sometimes we, 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 we get stuck in gratitude, saying, I love this because God gave it to me, it's so dear to me. And yet when the same God asks you to let it go for his kingdom's sake, you begin to say, oh, no, but he doesn't deserve it. He's not going to take good care of it more like I would. No, 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 no. He's going <laughs> Hold whatever God gives you dear to your heart, but hold it loosely enough like Abraham. So if God says, I want your Isaac, you can let it go for the kingdom's sake. Now, it may, for us, it may not come, I, Clark, let it go. No, it may not come like that, right? But it, it might come in the form of Lazarus knocking on your door. At that point, what will prevent you from letting go so that Lazarus will be part of the kingdom. A few things I want you to take note of. Number one, I must renew my mind and understand that God is the owner and I am the steward. I must renew my mind. Yes, we live in a society where when you work hard, you deserve what you get for when you work hard. But while you are reveling in your hard work, remember, it's the Lord who grants you that strength to make that wealth or to, make that, um, hard, to bring that hard work possible. And a kingdom-minded person will say, if I ask myself, how can I love God with all that I am, I will renew my mind that I am just a steward. When you are a steward, you don't brag in what you have. You, you, you rejoice in the privilege to be the steward. Different mindsets. How can I love others like, um, um, like myself? I must see people how God sees them as opposed to where society, history, or circumstances have placed them. Circumstances place Lazarus at the foot of the table. This rich man decided to see him there. Let's be honest. There are some people, but for God, you would want nothing to do with them. Am I the only one? Hello? Come on. Right? I'm not talking about salesmen. Don't look around, right? 
But, but there, there are just some people outside the context of God. It's like, why would I want to bother myself? But that's what kingdom-minded people do. We see people not for who we think they are, not for what history has presented them to be, not for what circumstances have brought them to, but we see them as part of God's family. Every person born of a woman is part of God's ultimate family. And until we begin to see people like that, we are not kingdom-minded people. This, this man could not see on the same level as Lazarus. Why? Because he was rich. So even with proximity, he still looked over him. Do you know how easy it is to overlook people that are around you because they are not in your, in your, in your current uh, uh, mindset or mind frame? So easy. So, so easy. What has God blessed me with that I can invest into the kingdom? Your time, your treasure, and your talent. Your time, your treasure, and your talent. And there I say, add the fourth one, your testimony. No one who has tasted of the goodness of God through his son Jesus Christ should be quiet about it. Amen? No one. Sometimes we focus on the time, we focus on the treasure, we focus on the talent. But in addition to that, there must be a testimony. There must be a testimony. We all have chats every day. I challenge you this week, no matter how the conversation starts, think of evangelism as Jesus Christ encountering the woman at the well. It might start with water, but it will end in worship. So if you're like me, it might start with soccer, but it should end in salvation. It might start with football, but it shouldn't end at the Super Bowl. It should end in faith. Why? Because we are kingdom-minded people. Kingdom-minded people are so obsessed with their kingdom. Now, if you, it, when, when people from England, I have family who live in England, and whenever they come here, they're like, oh man, we love America. We love this. But you better believe they don't go back and say, hey, queen, you think you want to expand our highways? You want to increase the size of our Big Macs? No, they don't do that. Why? Because ultimately they are proud of the kingdom. It's about time Christians become kingdom-minded and be proud of the king that we serve, that we belong to. How does it permeate your conversations? I remember I was in line at the DMV some time ago. And, it, you know, if you have patience for DMV, you're more kingdom-minded than I am. And, and, oh, this is the caveat. This wasn't Connecticut. This was New York City. Forget about it, right? But, but here's the case. I was wearing a T-shirt that belonged to the church that I, I served in. And so... My feelings was that I must get angry, but I looked at the uniform, I'm like, nope. It's very possible that there are members of that church in this vicinity, and lo and behold, they were, right? So a kingdom-minded person understands that I must subject my feelings and remember that I'm a subject to a king. So... It might be annoying, it might be ang you might be angry, but remember, I represent the kingdom first. 
I represent the kingdom first. So whatever God blesses me with, my time, my treasure, my talent, and my testimony especially, should draw people to the kingdom. Should draw people to the kingdom. Revelations chapter 14, reading from verse 13, it says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. I want you to pay attention to the last sentence, for their good deeds follow them. So every good deed done in the name of Christ doesn't end here. It's, it's, it lasts longer than your 401k. It's better than your, your, your retirement insurance, whatever that is. This is the investment that you can make that you can take into the other world. Now I know, you know, as, as a pastor, I've done funerals back in the day, and I'll tell people, listen, there's nothing that you've done on earth that will follow you back. Well, I lied. There are things that you can do that you can be sure. It won't fit in a hearse. It will not go in, in a coffin. Oh, but when we wake up on the other side, there will be something waiting for you and said, hey, do you remember that little cup of water in the form of a testimony that you shared with that person who was uh, on, on, the, on the brink of giving up? Guess what? You have a plaque on the wall. Like, wait, really? Oh, yes. When I volunteered and missed Pastor Paul's sermon and taught Bible study and children's service, yes, that, that little child that I sold into. Oh, Really? Oh, well, I, that mission trip that I contributed to? Yes, 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 yes. That, that little church that I helped sponsor and helped raise? Oh, guess what? Those things that we do in the name of Christ, in the context of the kingdom, they are things that we can benefit from on the other side. We don't know what Lazarus did, but we know that his benefits outlasted the purple and the gold. What are you doing in the kingdom that will outlast your life? See, in the kingdom, it's not about whether I voted for this or I voted for that. In the kingdom, no elections. God's children are the elect. Amen? Think about it. God elects us. We don't elect him. So anyone who has been elected by God, do you need to stand for another election? No. So the kingdom-minded person is the person who walks this world knowing who they are, knowing whose they are. And a kingdom-minded person, knowing the power of that identity, will not want anybody else to miss out on that. It's about time kingdom-minded people go out and live like they have a king 
who rules in the affairs of men. I'm going to share a story. Now, before I share the story, I want you to know that I don't endorse every facet of this story. This story talks about a king who had four wives. Now, let me categorically state that I don't endorse having uh, more than one wife, right? But the story goes on like this. Actually, before I tell the story, let me talk about four things that we need to do. Number one, we must pursue God in a way that makes him the hub of our heart and the essence of our existence. Pursue God and make him the hub of your heart and the essence of your existence. In other words, everything you say, think, or do is geared to give God glory. Number two, you must live generously by holding everything God gives you as a steward, not as an owner. If these notes sound familiar to you, it means you were in church two weeks ago. You must serve regularly. Simply put, you must be a servant. A servant is interested in the master being glorified. A servant is not even interested in showing off their skills. A servant is interested in everything pointing back to their master. Number four, you must foster unity. In other words, think of the body. How can the things that I have abundance in contribute to the benefit of the body? Number five, share the good news. In addition to your time, treasure, and your talent, add your testimony. Let people be aware of what God has done in your life or what God represents through His Son, Jesus Christ. The last one is you must secure your soul. So this, four, this king had four wives and he had been told by the doctor that your time is up, you're going to die very soon. And not wanting to die alone or not wanting to face the afterworld alone, he called his fourth wife. And this fourth wife he loved adorned her with silver and gold, purple and all the nice things in life. And said, honey, will you go with me to the afterlife? wife looked at him and said you know what I would like to go but when I go with you I'll be of no use to you so I'm sorry I can't go called his third wife and told his third wife please come with me to the afterlife the third wife said no I can't go with you you know why because once you die I'm gonna remarry like oh okay Somebody's ready. Called the second wife and said, please come with me. Says, sorry, I can't. But I'll do this for you though. Once you leave, I'm going to plan your funeral. There are going to be flowers. You know, that pizza shop that you like. We're going to serve pizza hors d'oeuvres. I mean, it's going to be very much like you. But I can't go with you. Just when he was about to give up the first wife, um, shouted out and said I'll go he said wait you will but you are the one that I, I cared about the least how come you want to go I guess I'll go 
We all have four spouses, according to this story. The fourth wife represents your body, which we like to take care of and put on the best for it. But, but it, it's not going to cross that bridge with you. Going to leave it behind. The third wife represents our wealth and our possessions. You can customize a car all you want, but the day you leave, new owner, it's going to remarry. <laughs> no matter what you, you can't take it with you, it's going, to re, it's going to have a new owner. Oh, and don't we love family? We love family. But I don't care how much family will cry when you leave. They will not accept a free pass to go with you. I won't. But your soul, your soul, your soul, your soul has a resting place with God. So if you take care of your body, you take care of everything, remember, a kingdom-minded person makes sure that they take care of their soul. Because when it's all said and done, this world is not our home. We're going to our king. I pray that you take care of your soul. Let's pray. Father, as subjects, we come before you. You are our King. You are our Lord. You are our Savior, our Redeemer. Every heart, every ear, everyone that is represented here, watching online and present in this room, Lord, you know where we are, whether we are living like Lazarus or whether we are living like this rich man. What we know is that you are able to meet us at every point that we are yielded. So help us to be kingdom-minded believers. Help us to live out that kingdom-mindedness so that our actions, our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, Lord, will transcend this passing fleeting world help us to focus on that which is more prominent that which is lasting that which is eternal and if you're here today and you're not sure like Lazarus that your name is written in the in the book of life right there in your seat I want to give you the chance to to commit your life to Jesus Christ. He makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Just say that prayer in your heart and commit yourself. Accept Him to be your Lord and Savior. Confess that yes, you are a sinner. Without Him, you cannot be saved. And invite him into your heart and make him the Lord of your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc. 